Hey, beautiful people, and thank you for listening to the Bang 2-3 podcast. If you find this funny, entertaining, or insightful, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want to make my day, go show us some love on our Instagram page because I love each and every single one of you. Thank you for listening. Cool. So I'm here with my newest buddy, Daniel. Um, I I would try to pronounce your last name, but I will try it. Teberan. Teberan. Tiberian. 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 Uh, Close. Daniel Tiberian. Most people don't get it. Yeah, dude. I I seen that. I was like, oh man, I'm so intimidated. Um, <laughs> Daniel is um, he's a Christian writer. He's a man of faith. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Daniel. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So I think the main question that everybody wants to know is, do all dogs go to heaven? <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> we, we, have to, we, have to, we have to end this podcast now. Daniel does not believe all dogs. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's been nice talking to you, Mr. Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just roll the. I don't know if you have music or not, but just bring in the music. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, like the. Uh, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Well, but um, hope. Luckily, my dogs are not in this room, so they didn't hear that. Um, I, I think something more serious is, what do you think are some some misunderstandings that people have about Christianity? Ooh, my biggest one I've noticed is the um, people get a bad idea of of what Christians are based on the worst type of Christians. Um, I'm not sure you're familiar with the Westboro Baptists. Have you heard of them? Uh, yeah, but could the, you explain? Uh, so I, I can't say what they say, but they will protest pretty much everything. Um, they basically, they in, they will go to like, uh, they've gone to like uh, funerals for fallen soldiers. And they'll go, oh, this person's in hell now. And and they're probably homosexual. It's another thing they seem to, I don't know why they work that into everything. <laughs> um <laughs> And my honestly, my theory is they're not a church, and my and the reason for that is because they're all lawyers, they're all the same family members, and they're known for suing everyone. So the, my my theory is that they just go out and mess with people until they get attacked and they sue. But that being said, people see that and they go, "Ah, oh, I can't believe Christians are so mean. Um, they're so like hateful towards people." But it's not a represent. It's not representative of Christians. Um, I think that there is a a. I think there's and there's also on the other hand there are people that just completely throw away Christianity. And they become, they call them progressive Christians. And it's not progressive in the sense of like politically progressive, although they happen to be a lot of time. Progressive as in, um, for example, you don't need to, basically you don't need to be a Christian to be a Christian. There's one of the, you don't need to, you don't need to have actually live the lifestyle and, and pursue righteousness. You can just live however you want. You can be, you, you know, do whatever you want, be as promiscuous as you want, drink, you know, recklessly, and, which is also a problem. People get it mistaken. It, there is a fine balance between being strong in, in, in your convictions and, and what you know is true in the Bible and being a jerk about it. Yeah. You know, so I try and be, I don't, I don't, I don't try to be a bit of both. I try to be more gracious than, uh, but I like, there are a few issues that people start to get a little creeped out on. They get a little wishy, uh, wishy-washy with um, anything to do with, um, Homosexuality is a big one. Um, people get um, people more so that people who try and say that it's not prohibited by the Bible because it is um, several times. I can't, you know, that's not I, on another podcast before I talked about how I was more so made more so when I was studying political science. Uh, I was probably a conservative libertarian, if anything, meaning that 
conservative, but I'm at the end of the day, I kind of just don't care. So my stance was, I don't agree with it, but um, I'm not sure it should be illegal necessarily. But I can set that aside and go, what does the Bible say? It's, it's very clear. Um, people kind of shy away from that. But on the other hand, people get the wrong idea of Christianity because they'll look at the people who are the most outspoken, such as the Westboro Baptists um, or the Catholics. People get people think all Christians are Catholics. I think I think it's safe to say that most of them are. Most Christians are Catholics just by number. Um, but uh, there are the number of Catholics that are getting people in trouble. They're getting in trouble, which is people basically people see like about. Uh, abuse scandals or something like that and they'll go how could they christians let this happen and they forget the fact that we don't let it happen <laughs> this is not like if we'd known about it we wouldn't uh, there's a this also i'm not a catholic but i'll defend them on that you know it's not the average catholic is not like yeah it's not in the bible you know <laughs> uh and people people seem to think that christians are very uh they want to impose their beliefs on others and i don't think that's the case at all um like I said before, the libertarian side of, of um, and I talked about this on another podcast before about how I, um, I would be just as opposed to forcing Christianity in schools as it would to be forcing uh, Hinduism or, or Islam or like, or, or, or atheism, which I will classify as a religion because I think it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to force people. That's, I don't think laws are the way to do it. I think it should be a change of people's hearts. So that's, I do my, I, if someone asks or if I have the opportunity, I'll correct in love um, and be gentle about it and then pray for them. But I'm not going to demand things to people. I don't have that right. <laughs> of course, I think I, I don't know if I answered it. I, I think that actually gives you I think something you said gives you a little bit of credibility. And it's something that I, I haven't heard in um, maybe like Christian pop culture or whatever, which is, you know, you said, hey, you know, a lot of these things are wrong. Homosexuality. Um, you know, being promiscuous and stuff like that is wrong. And according to the Bible, you should not do it. Um, I think this, in in my eyes, gives you a lot of credibility because you see a lot of churches or not a lot. I mean, I, some churches are kind of bending, saying, you know, hey, for example, you know. Uh, it, Episcopalians. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's okay if, you know. Yeah, and you'll hear like the justification, something like that. God loves everybody. God loves the sinner. It's okay. Yes, it's okay if you like maybe do some things that are uh, go against what the Bible says. So I think the fact that you say, "Hey, listen, this is what it says," and these other people who go outside of that bounds, I don't care what they are—Christian, Catholic, whatever—it's just it's not biblical. Um, and I, I also think it is unfortunate uh, that. And I think you make a great point that we find the fringes of everything and then we label the whole thing based on the fringes, right? I think we see this mm-hmm. with a lot of other things as well. Um, politics is a huge one, a nasty one, um, even like genders, races, all of that junk. So why, why do you think people do this? Just take like the worst case and then say, that's what you are. Um. Well, it's the way that people think. I think most people don't care enough. I think that most people, um, it's actually, this is, this is in the, in the area of race, but there was a really interesting story. Uh, it was, there was this, uh, there was a really, I forget what he did. There was this black guy who, uh, who basically he got 
he got the chance to sit down with uh, some people from the clan, and I, it's there's there's the Black Klansman, which is not the same one. There's a different one, um, and his biggest accomplishment was after talking to one of the I think they're the Grand Wizard. I think is the state the leader of whatever state. He got the guy to change his mind. It took sitting down with somebody and just understanding to go, huh? Maybe I was wrong. I wish I had known this. <laughs> but I think most people go like, I try not to speak about things I don't know enough about. No. Um, I speak a lot, so I have to do a lot of reading. But I uh, like, but there are certain religions. Are, like I don't talk much about Hinduism ever. Really, I've said it twice now. I've never mentioned it before in public it's because I don't know enough about it. Um, I know some. Sorry, my chair's messing up. I know some stuff about it, but. Some people, or I think most people, don't have that same control, I guess. Um, I have many issues. I'm not perfect at all. One of my issues, I, I don't struggle with this <laughs> anymore. Um, but people don't have enough time, and they don't have enough of a desire to really look into things. So it's easier to just go, oh, well, if we look at the news, I looked at my phone and Reddit says that <laughs> they're all evil. And then, well, that's enough for me, you know, especially if you don't hang out with them. If you don't hang out with Christians, for example, what's the what incentive do you have to treat them, you know, to speak highly of them or to try and give them the benefit of the doubt? Other than it's probably the moral thing to do, but yeah. you know, yeah, I think uh, I don't know. Did I answer you? I, no, absolutely. I think I think you bring up uh, the I, I've heard about the black dude who converted a bunch of KKK members. And you're right. He didn't do it through maybe some methods that you see that are popular now. He didn't do it through uh, maybe marches or rallies or protesting or um, saying like mean things about the Klan or anything like that. He did it through sitting down and just chatting with him. I think the question he had, I know we're going on a bit of a tangent, but this is fascinating. <laughs> the question he had was, how can you hate me? if you've never met me? And it's a great question. How, how can his question was based on the color <laughs> yeah. of his skin. He said, Hey, how can you hate me because I'm black, even though you've never met me? And I think a similar question can be asked about Christians and, and a bunch of other people too. It's like, you know, if, if you don't have that one-on-one -on -one experience with a person, a group, it's best just to either be quiet or just assume the best, man. It's crazy. Or just give them some, like, give them the room for it. I don't know if I'd assume the best, but just, like, if you hear something ridiculous, like, oh, did you hear about that new religion that, that's coming up now? Apparently, they they sacrifice children. And you go, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> How about you investigate that? That's a pretty big, <laughs> that's a pretty, but I do that with, uh, I do that with other religions, too. Um, I've done some study about Mormonism, um, which is not Christianity. It's a separate thing. Um, they'll claim to be Christian, but they're not. Uh, so with Jehovah's Witnesses, they're also not Christians. I know more about them than Mormons. But there's some of the, when I spoke, uh, I had a, a really good pastor respond to a question about how to deal with specifically Jehovah's Witnesses. And one of his tips was stay away from the weirdos, I think is what he said. And he was talking about the people online who go, they believe that, da 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 da, da. and then you look online and it turns out they don't believe, like no one else says that. Yeah. <laughs> so it, like, have some, just think. <laughs> Before, you know, you, you commit to, you know, saying, oh, they believe this or that. Um, yeah, just people don't just do that. Just have some empathy, man. Do you because uh, because I don't know. Do you know? Can you rattle off maybe a couple differences between 
uh, Christianity and Jehovah's Witnesses? Oh, yeah. So um, so they'll both claim to be Christians. Christians obviously claim to be Christians. Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe in Trinity, meaning they don't believe. I don't know if you, are you a Christian or? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you, you, you they don't believe in that. I'm not going to go into the doctrine. It's a little complicated. Can, well, can we just pause right there? And, and Okay, so this is like, this is depth first here. So uh, we're going <laughs> to. We're going to pop back up to this, okay? but the, the Trinity is a hot topic in, or some, somewhat even in, in the church, right? In, in your opinion, do you think the Trinity is three separate beings or all in mm-hmm. one? Because I've kind of heard both takes, and, and I, I really don't so, know. So the correct, and I, and, I, and I don't mean this in a, in a like condescending or rude way, but the correct interpretation is that it is the three, it's the same God. Um, what you're talking about, so I, I've written about this on my website. Uh, there are two most common heresies that people fall into. There's there's tritheism, and then there's modalism. Tritheism is that each person in the Trinity is a God itself, himself, itself. I don't know. Whereas modalism is uh, like God the Father turns into Jesus, and then Jesus turns into the Holy Spirit, and then back into God, which is also not. There are three coexisting, co-equal, um, uh, they're all part of God. It's it's they yeah. call it the, it's the triune nature of God. That's how you pronounce it. Did I answer you? Go yeah, ahead. no, absolutely. And just I, I I should have said this first, just for maybe people who don't know. So the Trinity is referred to throughout the Bible and and throughout Christianity: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so what you're saying is is that they're all one God. They're just different names I've, I've heard a pastor describe it as um two says i am one man and to my mm-hmm. daughter i am a father to my wife i am a husband and to my congregation i am a pastor but he's still one man that's kind of his example his breakdown of the the trinity having like separate names but still being one god um mm-hmm. so i thought that was a great detour so Back to the differences between maybe Jehovah's Witnesses and, and Christians. Okay. Uh, by the way, before I say anything about them, I, I want to make it very clear that um, I, I love them a lot, Jehovah's Witnesses, and you know I, I'm I have I won't get into too much of it because I'm not supposed to really. I'm trying not to like blow it, but I, I do have some some friends that I'm I'm trying to speak to right now, and I'm working through, and so it's a routine thing um, that I deal with them. So I, I don't mean this to attack them, but I just can't lie to them. Um, they have. So that being said, it, it's a zealot love. They um, they don't believe in the Trinity. They do not believe in Jesus as God. They believe Jesus is a created being, specifically Michael the Archangel, which is just the word heresy is a pretty serious term, but it is. It's denying the divinity of Christ. I actually have their version of the Bible up there. They've translated themselves, um, and they've gone out of their way to remove any references, although they missed some, um, to Jesus being God. Um, they have some weird stuff, like they believe Jesus was tortured, uh, killed on a torture stake rather than a cross, which they'll make a historical point. And the, the reality of that, that claim, from what I understand, is that it's to throw people off. So they'll come to your door and they'll go, you're a Christian, but did you know that, for example, he was killed on a torture stake? And you go, huh. They go, oh, what a, well, let me tell you about some other stuff that you might not have known. And they railroad you with this other stuff. Um, they believe that God's divine name is pronounced Jehovah, which I'm not even sure. I don't like using God's divine name. That's a separate thing. But um, 
the word they're talking about, it comes from Hebrew. I don't know if you're familiar with Hebrew. No. But among other things, it's, it's backward. It's written right to left. There are no vowels and no spaces in the original Hebrew. It must have been a nightmare. If you look at the letters, it looks, it's too much. I, I know some Greek, kind of. I can read it. Hebrew, no. But the word in, um, in, in Hebrew, most, most people would probably say it's pronounced uh, Yahweh, usually. I don't know if you've heard that. Yeah. So basically, a, a Hebrew, someone reading Hebrew, you'd read it, and based on the consonants that are in the text, you'd figure out where the vowels would go and what they would be. But we have no idea. We, we don't, there's no definitive answer. However, we do know that there is no J in Hebrew, so it's not Jehovah. Cut and it's finished. Wow. There's no J. <laughs> um, it's an English version, maybe, but they'll really hold to that. They do not believe that Christ was resurrected bodily, meaning they believe that Jesus was, was resurrected uh, as a spirit, which is not, you know, that's, I forget what it's called, but that's not, that's not in line with what the Bible says. Um, they do not believe in the Holy Spirit at all. Um, they believe they in their version of the Bible. They they every it's actually very strange. You'll say and Holy Spirit, full of Holy Spirit, but lowercase. Oh wow! So so and so, full of Holy Spirit, like full on. Um, they don't believe in hell. They believe in annihilationism, meaning that uh, if you don't uh, if you don't follow, I guess if you don't become a witness, that at the second coming. I guess you're you're annihilated, or maybe when you die. I, I, it's it's very confusing. They're they call eschatology. Eschatology is the word. So eschatological, I think it's what you call it. Doctrine is very strange, meaning where you go when you die. Um, they they don't believe in miracles or, or healing or anything, which is a lot of Christians don't. I tend to um, stuff like that. Those are the probably the big ones. Dude, that's a um, lot. I mean, that's that that was yeah. I, I knew like maybe one of those. So I mean that great job. That was that's that's crazy. So if it seems like there's one thing that could maybe overwhelm a person who is interested in Christianity is there seems to be a lot of different flavors. Um, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, Jehovah Witness maybe being one, Baptist, Christianity, Pentecost, all of these. And it, it, I could definitely see this maybe confusing somebody and saying, well, which one do I go to? Is one right? Is one wrong? Um, if I choose the wrong one, will I go to hell instead of heaven? What, what's your opinion on those, on, on the different flavors? So I, 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 will, I will make it, I want to make a point though about the Jewish Witnesses are not Christians. They just aren't. <laughs> um, and and. And I am, I'm not saying that to be harsh, but it's just the truth. Yeah. Muslims aren't Christians. Hindus aren't Christians. Mormons aren't Christians. I've said that before. They can say it all they like, but they reject Christ. They reject Jesus for who he is, which is he is God. Yeah. Um, as for the other ones, denomination stuff, I, I don't think, I've actually been studying this, uh, 1 Corinthians, where I don't know if you're familiar with it, but no. Paul, the guy who writes, writes about, he's writing to the Corinthians about uh, the divisions in the church. Um, between denominations, I, I I I used to say sects, but it sounds like I'm saying Christian sects, which is not what I'm talking about. It's a separate thing. Spell it. Um, Spell it. S e s e c t. I think that's right. Yeah. So sect. Like a sector. Yeah. But... Yeah. But I'll say denominations so I don't have that slip up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really get into my background too much because I don't think it matters. Um, I go by what the Bible teaches. Um, there's basically it's as long as you have the core stuff 
So as long as you can, you believe in the core doctrines of Christianity, which I've been trying to write about more, um, you're, you are a Christian and you will go to heaven. There are disagreements about, um, please pronounce soteriology, or soter, I think it's soteriology, which is how we are saved. Um, there's Calvinism, Arminianism, among others. Um, we have, there are debates about uh, continuationism versus cessationism, which is whether or not there are miracles nowadays or if they've ceased. Um, then there are some things about, um, I don't know, there's some, there's some other weird ones, like historical yeah. claims people make. or Because it's, so we have, the way it was explained to me um, was that the Bible is inerrant. Our translations are not. Um, you can't translate one language directly to another language, word for word, in the same context without changing. You'd have to change the syntax of it, add some stuff, maybe. Like just words so it makes sense. But because of that, and because of how old the originals were, it's it's there are certainly there's certainly areas to debate uh, and have different interpretations of something, which is why you have different denominations, um, and just different different beliefs. But I think that um, I think that I'm not a Catholic, I'm not a Baptist, but I have no problem. They are Christians, and I have no problem saying that. Yeah, I, I same thing with uh, Methodists, Anglican, Episcopalian. I yes, there are bad representations right but talking about what they actually believe they uh they're christians i the, that comment i told you i was studying first corinthians i'm reading a commentary by a, a presbyterian which is a, in a group that i generally don't agree with on a lot of things but they're christians they just have different views of certain things yeah so as long as you believe that there is one god he exists in the three persons uh we can't save ourselves jesus christ Jesus came to came to the world, died, and was resurrected, so that we can have salvation. And you accept that, you're you're good, pretty much. And, and by good, do you mean um, you go to heaven? You go okay. So that that's another topic too, because I, what, in, in your opinion, if I'm a stranger, right? I'm a stranger off the street. I say, hey, Daniel, I want to go to heaven so bad, man. What do I need to do? Could you please help me? What would you say? Uh, I believe the verse. There's I forget where it is. Uh, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved, you and your household. I might be messing up the the, the reference, but basically, it's if you can if you if you believe, and there's also you can say that. So people will go, "Well, I, I'm having trouble believing." Then there are instances in the Bible in which um, there's one in particular um, where a man comes to Jesus and asks Jesus to heal his son, and the man says. Lord, I believe, help me in my unbelief, is what he says. I believe, help me in my unbelief. Wow. It sounds like a, it's an oxymoron, technically, but what does he say? He's saying, I believe, but I need help believing. I, I have, I have, help me not. I think that if you go to, if you pray and go, God, I'm having trouble, I'm having doubts, I think he will help you. I really do. I don't, I don't, I think he will honor that. Um, I don't have that issue, so I can't, I, we all have doubts about everything. Yeah. But I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I don't have a, I'm not constantly downing stuff. Um, so I would say, um, it's basically you, 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 you accept Christ as your savior. You believe that he's a son of God, that he died and was resurrected and you make an active attempt to repent of the sin in your life and to seek him. That's pretty much it. Um, all the other stuff. So theoretically you could, uh, not go to church and not, but you'd be a terrible Christian. You'd just be not terrible. <laughs> and like, you'd be a bad person. You'd just be really weak. Your faith would be very, very weak. But 
it's the actual, when people say like, oh, it's too much, it takes you two seconds. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's not like my testimony is me coming from a very bad place and having a desire like never before to study my Bible. Not just, that, that, that's what got me writing and stuff. It's not because, you know, I force myself. It's not a force myself. It's a desire. I enjoy it. I get a lot out of it. And when the Lord puts something on my heart to share with people, I, I like sharing it. Why the Bible, um, though? Why, so, like, you said you had this desire to study the Bible. It's, it seems, I, I know, like, a lot of bookworms. I know a lot of, you know, people. But why, like, did you just wake up one day? It's like, man, this Bible seems like a really cool book. I just want to dive in. No. Uh, I was, so I've been raised in a Christian household. But um, throughout mainly my mid to late teens, I kind of fell out of it. I never like renounced my faith, but I was just not putting enough into it. And then I had some stuff I was going through um, where I was at a very low point in my life. I believe God saved my life. I really do. Um, It's a long story. Um, But I remember after I rededicated myself and and, and said to God, I'm sorry, I need your help because I'm struggling. Um, That desire came with it. It was not a, so it's not, it's not just a book. It's, it's the word of God. It's, Mm -hmm given to the authors of the, the Bible who wrote based on divine inspiration. Um, it's not dictated. People believe, some might believe that it's not the case. That's, that's the case like the Quran, I think, is from what I remember. It's, it's that God said what to write. Not so this. Um, so um, I'll be like going through something and, or I'll have a question about something and then I'll go to my Bible and I'll read something that jumps out at me. And... I can't, it's like watching a movie or something. It's just, it's incredibly, it, it's, oh, oops. There you go. You're right. It kind of, it, yeah, sorry about that. It grips me and it, it's like, I can't, I'm so focused on it. And then it's something, I'll read something that addresses my situation and tech, obviously nothing. I'm not mentioned in the Bible. Well, t- my name is, but not me specifically. Um, but I will um, read something that I, I, I can understand how this would apply to my situation that I'm dealing with now. Huh? Ah. Uh. Oh. It's not good. Huh? Okay. I was gonna say it looks like I'm the new host. I'm the captain now. Huh? <laughs> yeah, man, you hacked me. Huh? But um, so, so you're telling me you, you're deep dive into the Bible, and I would Sorry. find stuff that would stand out and help me, and I'd go, huh? And I saw that when I applied it and prayed about it, it would change stuff in my life. Stuff would happen. Um. There are a few things that um, I feel like the Lord was leading me to. And as I took action, things started to fall into place. Um, I mean, that's a very complicated topic. But um, so when- I, I think it's, it's one worth getting into. I, I just want to touch on something you said earlier, which I don't think a lot of people realize, which is the guy essentially went to Jesus and helped me believe, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think a lot of people who maybe have never read the Bible think that there were just a bunch of blind followers. They were just, you know, nobody ever questioned Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Except for, you know, the people who crucified him. But that, that's not the case, right? Can you talk about maybe a couple of times where even his disciples were, were questioning him, you know, um, hey, help me, you know, are you the son of God? Could you prove it to me? Cause they have the same questions we have today. Mm-hmm. Um, were a lot of the questions they had back then, which is crazy because, you know, Jesus does not 
walk the earth. You can't go pinch them right now, but they could have. Yeah. You know, so you would think, so even back, (laughs) yeah, I don't know what he, he get mad, but, but, uh, but even back then, yeah, 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 yeah. Daniel pinched Christ and And he got yelled at for it. He got corrected. (laughs) How dare you? No, I don't think he'll yell at me. Um, well, let me see. Let me see. Uh, there are a few I can think of here. There's one very good one. I'm trying to find it here. I have I have one of my Bibles here. I'm seeing if I highlighted it. Did I? So there's one of the examples I can think of. I can't find it right now. Um, was when Thomas, who is one of the apostles, the 12 apostles, they call him Doubting Thomas because of this. So after Jesus had been resurrected, so he'd been crucified, he'd been resurrected, and he had appeared to the apostles. And Timothy, uh, Timothy, uh, Thomas was like, how, how could the belief was that they were more it was not uncommon to believe in ghosts and stuff so they were like he was skeptical and it wasn't until jesus let him put his finger put, uh, let tim uh, not timothy let thomas put his finger through the holes in his his wrists probably not his hands that he he goes his what he said afterwards was he stopped and he goes my lord and my god it's him pretty much i believe but he doubted by the way, he put his fingers into the, like, yeah, uh, poor, yeah. But, and then you have people that, um, uh, Peter, um, who's very well respected and among the 12 apostles, he's probably the most, I think it's pretty safe to say he's the most well respected uh, and widely like praised of them, not in the worship sense, but, um, the Catholics will say he was the first Pope. There's a long story behind that. Um, yeah. but he, at some point, I think it was um, in the context of Jesus being delivered over to the authorities and being crucified that Peter was like, "This can th- I will never let this happen. We'll defend you. Um, and Jesus responded with, get away from me, Satan. And like he yeah. openly was like, because Peter up until the, had doubted that this is part, he didn't understand how, he didn't understand why they would crucify him or how that, he was very weird about that. Eventually he came around to it. Even at the end, he denies Jesus three times. Like he, people like I, I don't know if that's necessarily doubting, but people just people being humans and being unsure. You've well, Judas is kind of a weird one, but I, I won't mention him. He's, it's a separate thing. He's not really doubting. He's just that's a separate issue. Um, or uh, all throughout the Old Testament, it's not Jesus, but it's God. It's the same God. Um, where. Um, the Israelites would go, what? Like they would complain to Moses and go, Moses, you brought us out here to die. Why don't we just stay where we were? We could have died there. Why would you rather that we, why did you bring us out here? And Moses would go to God and go, hey, they're going to kill me. They're all upset with me. And God would uh, give them a sign or he would remind them of something. It was not uncommon. It's not, I don't think it's, I don't think, I think God is very understanding of that stuff. When people are skeptical, not skeptical, well, skeptical too. People go, God, I'm having doubts. I have them sometimes. Not like at the point of wanting to renounce my faith, but as in, huh, like, I don't know, was that God who did this today or was it not? Yeah. But I think that's normal. It's the way you deal with it. I think is the. I think that most of the things, like with anger, for example, there are instances of, I think, saying to Peter, get away from me, Satan. I don't think it was angry, but I do think it was a pretty stern response it was a very strong response firm response but it was the way what he was saying and the way he was saying it 
was justified. It's it's the it's the context and how you express your doubt or how you express your anger or sadness that is the problem. And if I answered your question, I kind of went off on something else. No, I, no, absolutely. I I just think that that I just thought that that's such a fascinating tidbit that, um, you know, even I think in t- today's world we have lots of you know doubting or, or of Christ and. Um, but this is not uncommon. This has been going on for a long time. Even people who were able to see and walk with him in person um, had questions. So it's okay to have questions, but uh, maybe also seek answers. Do you have a like a specific maybe book of the Bible that you would recommend recommend to someone who have who's never read the Bible before? Yes, uh, John. Um, it's it's one of the four Gospels. People like John a lot. So John was written for new believers, if I'm not mistaken. It was. It's about what? What's a gospel? So the, Just, okay, you're right. The gospels are the accounts. It's it's the core theology, I guess, the core beliefs of the New Testament, of Jesus, who Jesus is, why he's here, how how he's the Son of God, uh, his teachings, his life to a point. Most of it, it's it's his ministry that they talk. about. I don't talk about him as a child much, um, but so they're different accounts, pretty much. So you have Luke's account, which is uh, Luke was a physician, doctor. So from my understanding, when I remember, he sat down with a bunch of accounts, and his is the most thorough because he's the, probably the most educated of them all. Um, and his is very detailed. You have Matthew, which is meant for the Jewish people, and explaining how Jesus fulfills prophecy of the Old Testament. Um, you have Mark. Mark is, from my understanding, from my understanding, it is based on his him being the Messiah, Jesus being the Messiah, and his miracles and stuff like that and his ministry john is is all about how jesus is the son of god what that means um introducing it, it's more it's the best example it's the best way of communicating the basics of christianity to someone who's totally new to it um if, i think if you ask any anybody who's read the bible to recommend a, a starting point for christians it's john um yeah but and then it when you go and read the old testament or other the Gospels are, they, they talk about the same things, mostly, um, but they emphasize different things. So you'll read about something in one Gospel, and then you read about, like, the birth of Christ. Um, I believe it's in one and one, yeah. Uh, it's in Luke, and it's in John as well, I believe. Is it? No, it is not. Oops. <laughs> Hold on. It's in Matthew. So Luke, you can read about it in Luke, and then read about it in Matthew, and get two different explanations of it it's the same story but for different people um i don't know if i answered so it's like it so it's like um is it the life death and resurrection of christ from four different people's perspectives is that accurate or uh i would phrase it as it is is an explanation of i would say it as it is the explanation of who jesus is what he taught us and the basic and the what the foundation is for our Christian faith for four different audiences, respectively, it based on each gospel. So it's you know, like I said, they've different, they're written for different people, but yeah. there's something to get from each of them. And people will often skeptics will go, Oh, well, they're contradicting. Uh, in Luke, it says that Jesus said this when he was being crucified, in Matthew, it says nothing. Um, I don't remember which one was which, but it's. Or what the sign said above Christ on the on the cross uh, was it? Here lies uh, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Was it King of the Jews? Was it Jesus? 
Um, but it's it's not contradictory. It's it's just it's emphasizing something different. Um, yes, they fit together. I guess like some details are in this book, but may may not be in this one. But just because it's left out doesn't mean it's yeah, it's, it's the same it's thing. It's a bad account. It's like playing the telephone game, for example, with that not not with the entire goth, but talking about that. Uh, um, it's like this, for example, the sign thing. People were look. You can tell based on what they were saying. They were looking at the same sign. I don't believe they forgot it. It's divinely inspired. I, but I, I just think they didn't feel necessary to include it in a certain way. Mm. I don't think that it would make sense to a lot of people to, you know, the King of the Jews part might not make a lot of sense to someone who's not Jewish or doesn't understand Old mm. Testament stuff. But it's very important for example, in something like if you're writing, if you're trying to convince a Jewish person that Christ is the Messiah, Jesus Christ is the Messiah, um, it would be very helpful to kind of make that connection, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Also, too, I guess I think um, it, it may be important to remember that this stuff is written by by human beings, um, and they're you know writing their account of stuff. And so, um, kind of like you said, if if someone notices the King of the Jews or sign or something like that, maybe they that pops out to them for a reason, mm-hmm. um, and they choose to write about it. Just like, hey, I like computers so whenever i walk by computers at walmart i'm hey man that's where my eyes go mm-hmm. um so it's it is really fascinating uh to see and i think there's even some actual sermons given by jesus himself which um is is really cool um so i guess just to kind of back up again i think we we kind of did a, a running start um so the the Bible is a book currently that you can purchase, just a physical book, um, and it is contains many other books, right? Mm-hmm. Such as the the ones you said, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Um, do you know? And and I won't be upset if you don't know the answer to this because I don't, and I've <laughs> I've never heard someone explain this. I I actually just thought of this a couple of minutes ago. Do you know like who or what decided? which books were going to make it ah. into the Bible. And do you know when this happened? Yes. This was, I don't remember what the council was, but in the early church, um, so I think it was in the th- maybe second or third century. So this, the New Testament was written in the, in the first century. Um, the leaders of this church were, um, they realized that the longer, the longer, um, the more time that passes between them being written and, you know, what day it is, what year they're in, um, the harder it will be to figure out what the original was. So they had a bunch of debates about um, what should be included. So you can, there are rejected books of the Bible. Uh, I've written a little bit about them, not much. as a separate thing. Um, I, I believe the standard they used was, um, in order for it to be a book of the Bible, it had to be written by a prophet or an apostle or someone who had like an encounter with, with Christ in some way. Um, it had to be in a, in a court. It had to agree with what's already been accepted. Um, it has to have been used and widely accepted among the church. And there was something else, I think. But there, there was a standard. Um, there, it it becomes a bit more difficult when you get to things like Hebrews, for example. Which there are many theories about who wrote it. The most common, like person to be given credit for it is Paul, probably. Um, I don't know. But for example, with that one, they were debating a lot more because how do you how do you satisfy that first requirement about it being uh, written by an apostle or prophet if you don't know who wrote it? 
But there, yeah. there was, there were, I forget what it was called. I could probably find it later. But there, there, there was a, there were leaders of the church that really debated it, and they would argue over whether or not this is part of the Bible or not. So there was. Does that answer your question? So it was the, so it was the church. So you're saying it was the church who kind of debated and went back and forth on what should be included and not, but isn't a lot of the books written hundreds or even thousands of years apart. Uh, So like, how did that happen? Was there like a Bible, like version one, and then maybe like a Bible version two, and then we have the final version today. Well, they have, so the, the, um, when I say that it was a um, second or third century, my understand that would be that would mean that it was maybe a hundred years or so, if not a little bit more, after the New Testament was written. I think that by the old by that point, the Old Testament had been kind of set on it had been settled at that point. Um, there are books that, for example, the Catholics believe in. Uh, they they're called them deuter, deuterocanonical books, otherwise known as the Apocrypha. I forget how many it's like twelve or something like that. I don't remember um, books that. Catholics believe in scripture. Uh, most Christians, or not most Christians, other Christians do not. I, I, for example, do not. I think they're good books, but they're not the Bible. But I think that we can we can look at, I think this is the way they would look at it, that the Old Testament, um, Jesus was Jewish. Excuse me. He would quote the Old Testament. He was aware of it. Um, I think that's that's enough for us to go, okay, it's it's part of, it should be part of the Bible. It If Jesus yeah. specifically mentions it and quotes it, or if, or uh, Paul writes, Paul is a was raised as he was a, a very, uh, I don't know, zealous. Or, yeah, I guess it would be very zealous Jewish man who saw by one of the greatest scholars at the time, Jewish scholars, uh, who was Gamaliel. So when he writes, when Paul writes a letter to Galatians, to the Galatians, called Galatians in the Bible, he quotes um, and makes reference to a lot of Old Testament stuff because he's talking to people who are in that context. It was people who were trying to force. The Jewish law, the Mosaic law on Christians, and his that whole letter is about you are not bound by that anymore. So there are ways of kind of going. Okay, it's mentioned here, it's settled already, or it's mentioned here, and we believe this is part of the Bible. Therefore, this must be part of the Bible too. We trust the authority of Paul. We trust the authority of Moses. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, the yes, the um at the very so the last book of the Bible. The gap between the last book of the, of the Old Testament and the, and the first book of the New Testament was about 400 years. Um, so, yeah, there was a gap, but you can go off what, the, what was already accepted among uh, like rabbis and stuff, Jewish scholars. Um, and then the New Testament is where I think most of the debate went in. By the way, the, yeah. the, the Apocrypha, those, those Catholic books I mentioned, they would be part of the Old Testament. And they're actually rejected by Jewish people as well, uh, which is kind of interesting. So, <laughs> Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, do you know why? Uh, they just don't think it's. They just don't think it's part of. Them. They don't think it's scripture. They don't take it that way. Just, I don't know why. Just the, a consensus. I don't know what the Jewish um, version of it is. I know that from as a Christian, I, I know that it's. I guess it would satisfy the requirements. I, I haven't really read into uh, those books as much. Um, I am all right with there not being. I would love more of the Bible, but I'm also not. Yeah. I'm. I'm not. I have security in what we have already. So I'm not, well, what if, you know, I'm not so concerned. So, so far we have, okay, we have a book called the Bible. It has many books in it. These books were writings by apostles, by Jesus himself, quoted by Jesus. 
um, that span hundreds of years. And um, there, I don't know if we mentioned this too, we're, we're trying to lay a ground basis here for, explain it to me like I'm five. I've never heard of <laughs> Jesus, Christianity, nothing. So there's the Bible, there's the, the New Testament and the Old Testament, which you've already referenced several times. Could you explain the difference between what's a New Testament and an Old Testament? Okay. Uh, by the way, uh, Jesus did not write a book of the Bible. I just want to clarify. Um, I understand what you say. I understand what you mean, but I, I just want to make it clear. Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry about that. Thanks. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's not you. Um, so the Old Testament is, um, it is uh, the story. It starts off with creation and it goes through the history of Israel, which there's a long story behind that. It's, it's, a, um, it's a long story, um, but it's the history of God's people the Israelites. Um, that's what the Jewish tradition comes from. That's what they were Jews and they believed in God. And there are, then you have later on, you have the books like Psalm, Proverbs, a book of Psalms, Proverbs, um, stuff like that, which are wisdom. So it's just how that it's for your living. Uh, Proverbs mainly. Pro, uh, so the Psalms are, are like, they're Psalms. They're like songs. Um, and and po they're poetic. Um, then you have the prophets. You have the major prophets like Daniel, my favorite. <laughs> One of my favorites. <laughs> I uh, wonder why. Yeah. Well, he is. He he talks about the end of the end of times, end of times, end of the world. Um, uh, and then you have Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, I believe, would be one. And then you have the minor prophets, which are just like you have a prophet uh, Nahum, which talks about uh, the coming destruction of Nineveh, which is the capital of Assyria at the time, I believe. Um, so in those prophets, they prophesy about the coming Messiah, which is God coming to earth, the, the person who will save them. That person is Jesus. That's where the New Testament comes in. The New Testament is written afterwards. So it's when Jesus is born. Um, and, and that is the key, is that, that is the key distinction. So everything written before Jesus was born is the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And after Jesus was born is in the Bible would be the New Testament. Is that right? Yeah. The New Testament is, is it starts with Jesus returning, uh, not return, Jesus coming to earth, being born and living uh, as a man and with the gospels would end with him being crucified or ascending depending on the gospel um and then the rest of the new testament is and these are my i i i don't know my favorite the ones i read the most they're called the epistles they're the letters so the apostles would write letters to people and so paul wrote most of the books of the new testament i think it's 13 or 14 of the 27 or paul um so he would write like i said galatia he'd write to the churches in galatia that he helped set up and he would address issues that he's heard about, and but they also apply to us, a lot of them, or the, the Corinthians, or the Romans, um, and then you have like Revelation, which is the end, what will happen at the end, which that's a, that's a, which is a wild. That's I don't even understand. That's a huge, huge discussion <laughs> that I'm not super, super wild. Uh, it's cool but... book book of it's yes, yeah, it's, it, it's really crazy. But I think you touch on something too that like. A lot of people may wonder, which is, how does somebody go about, like, did Paul, who, who's written books of the Bible, did he s sit down and say, hey, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to write a book of the Bible. But which, what you're saying is, no, a lot of these things were letters to people and, and groups. Mm -hmm. And uh, like you said, maybe addressing issues within the church or with certain people, maybe providing encouragement. 
And then these things later became a book of the Bible. Yes. And, uh, and, and we'll get, we'll get to Paul later, who is a super interesting guy, in my opinion. Me too. So, um, we've, we've laid out, we have a Bible. It has a new Testament, old Testament, each one, each, uh, Testament is filled with multiple books of the Bible. These books were writings um, that were uh, agreed upon by the church to be included within the Bible. The New Testament is after uh, Christ's uh, birth. The Old Testament is before Christ's birth. Um, so I think we have a good foundation. Um, also, you, we kind of went over, hey, I'm a random guy. I want to go to heaven. Kind of talked about that, what we have to do accept Christ in our heart, repent. Um, I guess my next question to be just to kind of cover some ground basis is what, what is it? What are some characteristics of being a Christian? Like, are you, do you have to be mean? Do you have to be happy? Do you have to be like, um, do you have to like, what are Christians like? Do I have to be lame or what's, what's that like? Well, I'll quote to you, uh, Galatians 5.22. So this is what is known as the fruit of the Spirit, which is the evidence of the Holy Spirit working in somebody. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Or self-control. So it is, there's also other parts about being forgiving of others, um, seeking to help others. Um, if you've, I was going to ask if you've, if you've ever been to a wedding. I heard you say you have a wife. So I would hope you yes. went to one. Kind of weird. Yes. Done through the mail, maybe. <laughs> we did it through email. Um, so you probably heard, oh, man. I don't know if you're probably familiar with 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient, love is kind. Does not envy, does not boast. That explains what we're supposed to do, uh, how love is the is better than, it, it's the thing we should want more than, I think uh, Paul writes, uh, I would desire, I would, it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fake, I have it here. Uh, no, it's okay. Take your time, dude. I just, I'm not going to like f- try and quote it and misquote it. I have it. Um, it's actually 14 or 13. Now, faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. So love is greatest is greater than uh, hope and faith in this con- in, according to 1 Corinthians 13. It's, it is the, the most important commandments when Jesus was asked were, uh, number one was love the Lord your God, and then it says the second one, which he says is equally important, is love your neighbor as yourself. So wow. those are the two biggest ones. So it's, and when we, I, I, I responded to somebody sent me a question um, about how to deal with sin that they're dealing with in their life and how to, how to address it so that way they don't have to struggle with it. And, and I've talked about, uh, I responded to them. I forget what I said about my stuff specifically, but how when we walk when we walk in the spirit, we will not seek to des- will not seek to satisfy the desires of the flesh. It's another thing with Galatians. I'm probably paraphrasing it there a little bit, not verbatim. But when we spend time with God and we spend time reading His Word and trying to obey His command and doing our best and asking for His help, uh, asking for forgiveness when we make mistakes, that's not on it. I, God knows that we'll make mistakes. It's just who we are. Yeah. Um, but when we seek His will and and to keep his commandments he will do he will help us um i think that i think of all the things in christianity i think the biggest one is love when we uh 
I like Galatians a lot. It's, I keep mentioning, it, but it's very helpful for this. Mm-hmm. Um, it talks about uh, rebuking and, and correcting others in love and seeking to restore them uh, rather than condemning people. There's not. Could you could you explain that just real quick, uh, like an example of of, of that uh, um, rebuking, condemning in love? Uh, uh, I would say, and I don't mean to. I'm gonna pat myself on the back. I think that's me saying Joe's witnesses are not Christian, or Mormons are not Christians. I yeah. think would be it's a pretty firm, it's a pretty strong statement. But it's I'm not saying it because I don't like them. I love them very much. I care about them very much. I have some very good friends. Um, not Mormons yet. I'm sure I'll meet some. Um, but I don't, I'm saying that because I love them and I care about their souls. I care about where they go and I want them to know Christ truly. That's it's, it's, I think that love is the motive. And there's also, it's also the way you do it. Like Mormons aren't Christians, comma, and they're dumb would be, would not be loving. <laughs> right. <laughs> but right. That would what not, not be fair. Do. Don't do that. I'm not, I'm joking. Mormons, they have a good sense of humor usually. So they're very fun. They're actually very cool. Um, but I think that it's, it's, it's the desire your, if your desire is to help people and to, and to help them find God and help them in their faith, I think that just with anything, like if your, your desire is to be helpful to people, you're not going to, at least not often say something that's going to be really harsh and mean, unless, you know, you have kind of mixed intentions, like you have a personal issue with them or something like that. But if you seek to do what the Bible tells you to do you should seek to re- respond to people in love. Rebuking is kind of a harsh word. I, I shouldn't have used it. I think correct is probably a better one. Rebuking is kind of a, a denouncing of something from what I understand. Um, mm. I don't know if I answered your question. I went a little over. No, absolutely. I, I, I think that, uh, no, no, it's fine. Uh, so it sounds like, so qualities of uh, a Christian, it, the main one is love. Um, and just to kind of double back it, I guess it kind of backs up your point earlier about maybe some people who get labeled as Christian who maybe don't act as Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who, you know, maybe protesting and saying like, uh, you know, the, you know, your gay son is going to hell at his funeral. Maybe that's not the most loving way to no. <laughs> do that. Um, it's among I, the I, least. I, I don't, <laughs> yeah, probably the opposite actually. Um, so whenever people see, some actions in the wild um, that they want to label as Christians, um, you know, as like the the Catholic priest with the the child molestation stuff like that. That's not according to the Bible, no. even based on what you just read no, at no. all. So it's we we have to, you know, everybody makes mistakes, and that doesn't mean that these people are terrible people. But I don't think it's to your point earlier. It's not right to label these people as that um, at all. But so, okay, we have our basis here. We know what the Bible is. We know which book to, to read first. Um, we kind of know a little bit of history about it, how it's written. We know some qualities of, um, of a Christian based on the Bible that you literally read. I appreciate that, <laughs> by the way. And, um, welcome. and we know kind of like what we have to do to go to heaven. So I think we have a solid foundation do you know, just to kind of take taking a U-turn here a little bit, what are some maybe compelling arguments that God is real? And maybe what are some compelling arguments that he is not? Could you steal man the opposite case as well? Um, the most, so I'll start with the other one. 
the best steel man mm. I could come up with is that we can't see him. Um, mm. I don't know how. So, of course, I'm biased. Um, people. It's good you admit that, by the way. Uh, I am. I just think. Yeah. I, I, I love that whenever you're just honest with people, I think people just trust what you have to say. I hope so. I try to be trustworthy. I don't lie. Uh, but it's. I don't think it's compelling. Um, I So if there were any really good arguments in, against the existence of God, I would, you know, I, I don't know where I'd be. I, I, I don't, you know, no offense to, I'm, I have some very good friends that are atheists. Um, I don't think it's, it's reasonable. Um, the most compelling, but that's probably the best example I can give, is that you can't see it, or we weren't there, or, but then again, you weren't there for uh, the Big Bang. I mean, we also weren't there for that. We weren't there for World War II either. No, I wasn't. At least I wasn't. I, I was asleep overnight. I don't know what happened when I was asleep. I wasn't there. You know, I didn't see it. Yeah. There's an element of faith to everything, which is um, whether you are believing in evolution, which you cannot see. You can't go back and, and check all of it. Um, nor could Charles Darwin. He just couldn't. No one could. Um, so... There is some element of faith. Do you trust this person or do you trust other people? I, I choose to trust in a, a divine and a, and a God who created the world. And not even just, we won't even, I won't even do the, the Christian side of it uh, in general, God. I don't think it's reasonable to look at um, like this. We're two human beings. Think about like how many different systems are working in both just keeping us, how we're having a conscious conversation, how you've decorated something differently than I have, how. We're talking on a computer with, I have printed pages here. And what makes more sense, that it happened by accident or that God set it in, in motion and that God set it up? And by the way, there are many Christians who believe that um, that uh, evolution, that, that Genesis is symbolic. Uh, I don't believe that. That's not my understanding of it. But there are a good number of Christians that do believe that, that the earth is old. So I guess from what I understand from, the, from, what I understand from them, um, it would be that, uh, God created the earth and he set in motion evolution. It could be. I don't know. Uh, I don't believe it's a, that's the case. But then there's some other things you have to deal with, which are, um, well, for one, for, for as a young earth person, young earth creationist, um, I don't see why God couldn't create the world with the appearance of age, for example. I don't know why. why you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, I don't see why that's a problem. Um, and then you have another one, which is, and then what? But where did that come from? Which is, okay, so we came from atoms. Where did they come from? And where did they come from? And, where, and eventually you get to the point where they just happen out of nowhere. So if we can yeah. if we can agree that things can come out of nowhere and things can exist when nothing else exists, why can't, what makes more sense? That some little particles existed or that God existed and exists? Um, I think it makes more sense that a divine creator is behind all, everything. I think that makes more sense logically. I think it's more reasonable. Um, I also think it's kind of a cop out to go, I just happened. <laughs> I just, yeah. you know, it happened. It just, it wasn't here and then it was. Um, I think there's, the, and there's also, um, there's a natural human, people think it's foolishness, but it's not. Um, there is a, 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 uh, a natural desire to want to know God in some form or another. That's why we have so many religions. That's why. Uh, would, before people knew, you know, before it was easy to buy a Bible or a Quran or something, people would worship rocks and fire and the sun. You had the god of fertility, the god of, of sickness, the god of war. People, it is a, it is a, 
a natural instinct. Just like, for example, we could go, oh, reproduction is something from the past. That's something that cavemen did. Yeah, but it's a natural desire that they have. It's a, it is a innate desire. Um, I think that's a pretty compelling argument. Um, I don't know. It, it's, and then you have the, the anecdotal stuff. Like, I've seen God work in my life. That's not helpful for you, but it's helpful for me. It's just like, um, how do I know my dad exists? Well, he's upstairs. I've met him. You know, I know him. Well, how do you know? You haven't seen a photo of him, Chris. How do you know he's real? Well, <laughs> well I could tell you why well, he exists. I've met him. You know, we talk, you know, a lot. But that's, it's, unless you meet him yourself, you don't know that. It, so it takes some, um, there, there, there's a personal side of specific Christianity that is a very compelling argument. That's the most compelling of all of them, I think. It's hard to deny something you've seen with your own eyes and the impact it's had in your life. Did I answer your question? I'm I'm trying my best. <laughs> Dude, you are doing phenomenal, bro. Thank you. You're doing phenomenal. You no, you absolutely did. That's uh so I once again I, I love the honesty about the steel man where um, you know, you you can't see him or touch him. Um and and yeah, that I think that was a beautiful summary. I think earlier you touched on something that I've always thought about and and I I haven't really um heard discussed much which is why why do you think we don't see like like crazy miracles like were described in the Bible um why don't you think we see that now a days or what you what do you think um well I think we do I think that it's just where you're looking um I think that a lot of the time, I, I think you'd be surprised, maybe not, at the amount of people that, you know, are going to the hospital, they go to the hospital for something, and then people are praying for them, and then somehow they're just all better. Sure, it could be coincidence, but it could, you know, who knows? I know people were, you know, people mm. were praying. It doesn't, it's not unreasonable. I mentioned cessationism earlier, which is the belief that they don't happen anymore. I don't adhere to that. I don't believe that. Um, that's a denominational thing, by the way. So we're talking about denominations. There are certain denominations that are cessationists. Um, I believe that the miracles don't ex- they don't don't happen. You have to be in a one. It has to be within God's will. Usually, this is the case. Excuse me. It has to be in God's will. You have to when you pray for it. You have to pray in faith, and it's also the timing too. There are things in my life that I've been praying for that um, I've been given the faith to go. All right, I. And this is a separate thing. It's it's a separate type of thing where it's like. It's you have this. I have this assurance of something. Um, I think it's uh, Hebrews. The um, faith is the the hope of the. Oh my goodness! This ah, uh, basically. It, I think I, I know uh, what you're talking about, man. It's, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue too. It, it, I have it here. I got it. Don't worry. So, what what a lot of people would say are in response to that is what happens to all the times that people pray and the person dies right that the prayer is not answered is that because maybe they're praying improperly or is that well what? i have something for that too um uh let's see uh so for the first part it one it just might not be in god's will mm-hmm. uh, for one everyone's got to die i think it's a very silly uh argument to say that uh because you know someone i love died uh that god doesn't exist or he doesn't care uh if that were the, if the case was you could, he's not, a, it's not a magic thing. Like you can't just, you know, that'd be, I don't know. Would it be cool? I'm not, I don't know. Uh, to go heal this person that people just live forever. 
until they wouldn't, because I'm sure yeah. people could pray for death and then someone would die. And then you have this back and forth, right? <laughs> That'd be a good movie. Uh, people are, I heard someone describe it as a farmer praying for rain because there's been a drought and some guy's flying to some business meeting and he goes, I, this rain's going to delay my flight. So he's praying for the rain to go away. And this guy's like, I need a thunderstorm now. And so it's back and forth, on, off, on, off. You can't do that. <laughs> um, there is, oh, here. Uh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay, dude. Don't. Um, uh, I can't. Yeah, find I think, I, but, but, but I think, I think that does kind of people use that as an attack. It's it's a very common attack yes. on Christianity, which is is um, hey, uh, you know, and I'll I'll. This is actually experience from my real life. Um, I I had a good buddy whose father had cancer mm -hmm. and and man it was it was it was bad it was bad cancer and man the whole church prayed for him like crazy i mean just everything we they all brought in like um pastors who you know would pray for him all all around the world they would come in they even got this guy out of the hospital brought him in a wheelchair i mean this guy's terminal it's yeah. bad prayed for him. I mean, trying to get him out the wheelchair to pray for him. I mean, everything, everybody's, you know, they were declaring that he would, he was cancer free and stuff like that. He died like a week later. Mm -hmm. When people say, whenever people see that, it's like, what, I mean, yeah, this, they, what they say is this is obviously bogus. I mean, how is that yeah, possible? I understand why people would think that. Um, and it's, it's, it's important to recognize that people do grief in different ways <clears throat> yeah. and it's not unreasonable. Um, for somebody to have doubts when that stuff happens. I don't think it's uncommon. Um, but um, we also can't know everything that God knows. We don't know what will come to that. Um, I, you don't know who will be impacted, how they'll be impacted, what the purpose of this is. Part of being a Christian is saying, I don't understand God, but if it's your will, I trust it. I trust you. I trust you know everything. And you'll take care of me. Um, Paul writes all about that. Or, um you know, I, whether I, he says, uh, my, to, to live is Christ, death is gain, or life is Christ, death is gain. His, whether in, in, in life or in death, uh, he's serving God and the gospel being spread, and in that he rejoices. Um, it's not, I think it's, I don't want to say selfish, but it's a very strange, like, to say, well, because God didn't do what I wanted him to do. He doesn't exist. Yeah. This, this whole thing is wrong. Um, I think it's, it's not, it's. I don't think it's selfish because I don't think people do that normally. I think it's a very sad way people deal with trauma. I think it's the way the devil works in people, honestly. I think it's the way that the devil deceives people. Um, it's like an exploitation, yeah. like like a low crack that it can can be you know widened through through some, maybe some heartbreak or something mm -hmm. that someone has. And and like you said, I think it's it's perfectly natural to maybe reevaluate things or be sad after something like that happens. Um, I think it kind of leads on to maybe another argument or <sighs> I like to use the word argument, but a uh, pushback that a lot of people have, which is uh, I, I never understood <clears throat> this one, but a lot of people say, Hey man, if, if God's so good, why does he let, you know, babies die in fires and stuff like that? Why does he, why is there so much evil on the earth? You know, why, why would he let that, why would he allow that? You know? And it, I, I guess it kind of sounds like similar 
intuition, right? Or what you think? Well, for one, I want to clarify. I didn't smile at the, I smiled because I was a little surprised, I guess. I wasn't expecting something that, that like extreme. I, so when you said babies dying in fires, I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's I not kind of, funny, whoa. but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> shock. It's, I was a little like, whoa. Um, I, I don't think I have to really defend that. I don't think that's funny. Um, uh, I don't. So what is it that? Uh, how could God exist if bad stuff happens? Um, Essentially. Well, you know that the Bible tells us that uh, God works all things for good. Um, for example, Paul went through some bad stuff. Right? How could God exist if He let Paul have two shipwrecks? If, if He lets Paul get stoned and almost get killed, they thought he was dead. Um, if they, if He let Paul get bitten by a venomous snake that usually killed people, but it didn't for him, how could He let Paul get thrown in prison? How could He let Paul eventually be beheaded, likely, or uh, the apostles being uh, one of them being tort, uh, crucified upside down? Because there's a purpose to it. There's a pr- that's one of the best parts of it being a Christian, um, especially being an atheist. When you talk to an atheist about something you're going through, the response, I mean, that has to be. It, it's something like, you know, that's just the way things are. You know, it's if things will change, maybe. What are you going to do? Christians can look at things and go, no matter how bad it looks, there is a purpose in every bit of this. Every moment of suffering that I'm going through right now will serve a purpose at some point, whether I see it or not. And so there's there's joy to get from that. And you can you can take, you can have comfort in that and go, God, I don't know. All I ask is that you help me get through this day. I've been in places where I've needed to do that. God, I don't know how I'm going to make it to the end of the day. Help me. Um, yeah. And it's not easy. It really. I'm not going to lie. Even as a Christian, it's very difficult. But I can look back and go, wow, I wouldn't undo that. Because I've seen how it's changed my life. And how it changes others' lives. You, you know, Just because I don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't affect somebody else. That's why uh, when, when God puts it on your heart to do something for somebody or to speak to somebody... Um, I think you should do it because you don't know what you're going to do. You don't know where they are in their life, what they're dealing with. You don't know how your words will affect them. Um, but I, I, there is a mystery to how God works that um, we can't understand. And so either you can go and accept that and go, there's just stuff we can't know about him. There's stuff that we we'll just never understand. It's not for us to understand. Or you can go, oh, well, I don't understand it. That means it doesn't exist. Um, yeah. I've seen enough of God. What do you think? To, to, to do you think maybe like uh, that? Oh man, th- this may be a bad example. But do you think maybe ants could criticize humans along that same line of argument? Because the ants could maybe look and say, "Oh, the humans can save some ants. The humans can have the power to do this. They can uh, make sure that we never die and that we're all fat and happy all the time. The humans have the power to do all of this." But man, why did my sister just get stepped on? Or why did this just happen? But we know as humans that, hey, man, it's better for you, ant, to survive naturally. And hey, if you're about to go extinct, we're going to help you out, you know, or something like that. But the ant's level of understanding is just so low compared to ours, right? Well, I could give you an example. Um, I, I One that I've heard before is about parents and children, where... So in the idea, mind of a, in the eyes of a kid, how can my parents love me when they they send me to my room? How can my parents That's love me? Point. They don't let me eat chocolate for dinner. They yeah. don't let me poke the the electric socket. I don't know if you have kids or not. I don't, but I've no. I've been around enough of them. That sounds weird. I I I, uh, I know enough families with children <laughs> that uh, 
it's you know it's no secret that kids will kill themselves if you don't let them if you don't keep they will by accident i'm not saying like there's but they will kill themselves they'll just, just they'll jump and they'll play in traffic they'll poke the sockets they'll pick up knives and other stuff they'll run around with they'll eat batteries and marbles and stuff the chemicals why will my well, my parents must not love me they won't let me drink drano no <laughs> it's more of the fact that yeah maybe antifreeze tastes nice it's sweet from what i've heard don't try it um but there are other things that you could do instead. Let's not drink that. Yes, maybe you're missing out on that sweet goodness of, of antifreeze. But it's for your own good. Um, or I think that's a great point. Or even how about um, the people you hear about, the people who get kidnapped. Um, it's not, uh, it's, it can be their fault. I'm not saying it's their fault. We don't know that. I can't comment on all of them for different, different reasons. But there's a purpose in going, look. Did you hear, hey, son or daughter, did you hear about so-and-so? You hear about them on the news? And them getting less enough, maybe I should be more careful. Or even parents going, maybe I should pay more attention to my kids. Maybe I should, I need to pay attention because this stuff happens. It's, there's, it serves yourself and it also serves others. Um, and I think that when people stop looking at them, they, I think my, I don't, myopic is the right word. Uh, I think that's the right word. When people stop being so focused on what's happening now and they look at the, Big picture, especially looking back on things. Hindsight is twenty twenty. In twenty twenty two, it is, I guess. But <laughs> you, um, you can see like things that happen. And you go, that was terrible. I wanted to kill myself when that happened. Look at me now. <laughs> yeah, that's how I'm going to respond to when people ask me for my opinion on things in the past. I'm going to say that. <laughs> that's a that's beautifully put. I I love the uh, parent analogy. Um, so do you know? I think one of one of the probably the most compelling case for Christ is the resurrection of Christ, right? I think if you can say, hey, we have video footage of one thing in the Bible to convert the entire world to Christianity, in my opinion, it would be the resurrection. It's like really crazy that someone would be dead and then now be alive. What, in your opinion, is kind of like the most compelling case that the resurrection actually happened? Uh, so um, my, my best case is I've seen God work in my life and I've seen the Bible and how it's applied to my life and how it's changed things and how God has spoken me through it. And I trust the authority of the Bible. Um, there are many scholars that have gone further into it. Um, for example, the general consensus is that Jesus did exist, for example, for number one. Um, I think you'd, when I understand you'd be in the very the small minority of people who, if you were to say that Jesus didn't exist, and there are people who specifically study um, the resurrection and and the historical evidence for it. It is, we do have evidence of, you know, we know it was under Pontius Pilate, right? We know kind of when it happened. We know the circumstances. Uh, there are accounts we have from back then, I'm sure. Well, through the Gospels. There, there are people who wrote about it uh, around the time. There are, again, there's a level of faith I, I honestly, I, I don't know if the video would help. It might actually make it worse. You know, I don't, it's a fun game to play on people uh, to go on to photos and just say they're Photoshop for no reason because then they start looking. Yeah. Stuff like that. Or if this is fake <laughs> and they have to do research, um, it's a very funny prank because then they, believe me, people will start finding like Photoshop parts or where they brush stuff when there's nothing there. <laughs> start creeping, like gaslighting people um, yeah. um, until they believe it. I think that. There is a there is historical uh, evidence for it. I'm not as well educated on that. Uh, I spend most of my time dealing with apologetics, 
but um, there was uh, there's one person in particular. I, I forget his name. There are a few that are scholars. They spend decades teaching this stuff, reading, studying, just re- going through scholarly work and new discoveries. It's it there there are there are plenty of pieces of evidence, just like uh, we have evidence of evolution. I guess um, it's based on what information we have, not what we don't have. The case is built on what we have, and there is evidence for it. Um, at I mean, at the very the very least, it could be uh, Jesus existed and then he was killed, and then we saw him again afterwards. Would be enough, right? Just to kind of get back on topic, um, one one thing that really was compelling that I heard about the, the resurrection of Christ is, um, I believe multiple um, disciples were killed in brutal ways because they did not denounce Christ. And these yes. were the people who seen Christ resurrected. So let's just play it out in, in natural in today's age, right? So you say... Uh, you say you're a God, for example, and I say, I'm your disciple, right? And you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you get the, you get the good part. Um, and, or maybe not. Um, and so I follow you. Oh yeah. You get crucified on the cross, right? Uh. And that's the bad part. And so after that, you are resurrected. I see you, I interact with you in person, right? Years later, a gun is put to my head and say, Chris, listen, that Daniel guy, he was not Jesus. He was not God at all. Either you say he wasn't God or I'm going to pull the trigger. And they refuse to say that. And from what I understand, they were, multiple of them were um, killed in, in terrible ways because of that. So you would think if either they are seriously mentally unstable um, or that they, you know, if, if they did not see God resurrected, then of course they would have said, yeah, that guy isn't God. He didn't, he didn't get raised from the dead. You know, the consequences of his life yeah. and death. I don't know, man. I just work here. Yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I've heard that argument. Um, I think that it's, it's evidence. I don't think it's proof. Um, the difference is, I think it suggests that it helps substantiate um, the claims of the Bible. I, but, uh, I mean, there are people that will die for all kinds of stuff. You see people, suicide bombers and stuff, or Heaven's Gate people who just put on their Nikes and died. I don't know if you're familiar with that. That's a, it's probably a really weird way of describing that. It is what happened. Um, so, and then people will debate, well, there's no record. Um, but it's widely believed. And it's not uncommon that, like, even in the book of Acts, uh, Paul, who was Saul at the time, who was Stephen, he had Stephen stoned to death. I think it was Stephen. Right, it it wasn't uncommon for Christians to be put to death, uh, especially in that part of the world. It's still, like I'm an Armenian. I'm. It's the first country to adopt Christianity as its nation, uh, national religion. Wow. They were attacked by everybody in that part of the world because it was in the center of the most uh, radically Islamic, not radical Islam, but the most uh, widely Islamic groups. It's the most Islamic part of the world. It's the Middle East. It's right smack dab. You know, it borders Iran and Turkey and Azerbaijan and Georgia, but Georgia is another one. So it's, it's Christians have been persecuted, just like Jewish people have been persecuted throughout history. Um, you know, it's, they've been, the Jewish people, the Israelites, 
they've had the the short end of the stick forever. They're always, except uh, they've always had a good. There's always been a, a, something against them, some group against them. Um, you know, the most recent one that's notable is probably the Nazis. I would say would probably be the last. There are, of course, other ones since then, but that's probably the biggest. The Soviet Union, they persecuted Jewish people constantly. Mm-hmm. They were not, stuff like that. It's still, they don't, people don't like them. I love them. I think they're very nice. But <laughs> there are a lot of people who don't hold that belief. Um, I think that it does say something about their determination. Like, I, I know it sounds ridiculous. I would die for my faith. I would not renounce my faith. Um, and I would also go, hey, there's a better reward for me for not denying him. Um, However, I do think there is forgiveness for people on a separate note. Peter denies Christ three times, Jesus three times. And he was given the the the, the keys, I guess, to Jesus' ministry. When Jesus ascended, it was, hey, you're in charge. You guys handle it, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I answered that. If I no, resp- no. It wasn't a question. I responded. No, absolutely. Could you could you talk a little bit about Paul um, and his story just as— as much as you know, or, or or maybe don't know, I think he's sure one of one of the more fascinating characters in the Bible. I think you mentioned he wrote the majority of the New Testament. Really cool guy. Do, do you know kind of like his origin story and kind of how his life began and ended and everything so, in the middle? <laughs> so uh, while I look for it, he was born in Tarsus, which is in modern day Turkey, I believe. He was a Roman citizen. Which is that? That's a pretty big uh, privilege. At the time you're afforded different rights as a, a nation, as a as a, <laughs> a Roman. So that's why the 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 historical, the widely believed account is that he was put to death. He was by beheading. He was decapitated, as opposed to being crucified or something else like that. Like it was not. It was off limits for Roman citizens. He had the he had the right to appeal to Caesar later on in his life, which he so goes to Rome. Um, uh, here, you find. Uh, ah, can't find it. So he. So here's what he says about his 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 background, uh, in Galatians one, starting at thirteen. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism. I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism, beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers, um, but when. He who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me, whether that I might preach among the Gentiles. I did not immediately. Okay. But he talks about how um, he was tra- uh, trained by a guy named Gamaliel, who was, he's referenced in Acts 2. Um, and Paul is one of the most, uh, he was a very, very important person at the time, from what I understand. He was, he said he was zealous in persecuting the church. He put Christians to death. Um he put him in prison. He, he and it was actually he was on his way to Damascus. Um, this is Acts nine, actually this chapter. And while he's going to Damascus, um, he hears a voice from heaven saying, "Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Um, are persecuting those who follow me?" And he not only that he God knocks Paul off his horse and blinds him. Two separate things, but it sounds funny. If yeah, he he got knocked off the horse and he went blind. Um, but he was blinded, so he had to be led by hand. And then at the same time, God gives a vision to a man named Ananias, who he tells Ananias, I need you to go visit this guy who saw at the time. Um, go visit him and pray over him. And so Ananias did, not knowing what had happened to Paul or Saul, but 
knowing who Saul was and that he was probably coming to arrest him or put him to death. But when Ananias obeyed and went and prayed over Saul, he, it says, it described it as scales falling from his eyes. Have you heard people talk about other oh, scales came off? This is like scales came off my eyes. No, no, please explain. I've heard people say that. It, it's, a, it's a reference to this. The actual Bible, the, the actual text, Greek text, I believe the word, it, the word for scale, it's like fish scales almost. Like it's, it's a, like something came off his eyes and he was able to see again. And it converted him. It, it's the conversion of Saul in Acts 9. And from then he goes back to the synagogues where he was a prominent figure. In, and he basically was like, you guys are wrong. I was wrong. But you guys are wrong too. And he just kind of showed up all the time. And they were like, what is going on with this guy? He, he, is this not, the, I think it was, is this not the person who persecuted these, the, the Christians for so long? Why is he now saying this? Um, and from then he went on to, um, he went on to, uh, he went on three missionary trips. He established churches uh, in Asia and in Europe. Yeah. So, like I said, that Roman citizenship, at the end of Acts 9, um, end of Acts 9, at the end of Acts, he's put in, he's put in prison or jail for, I forget what he did this time, but he was arrested and he was taken in front of, um, I don't know, the leaders at the time. And he, instead of going and fighting it there, he goes, Paul says, I appeal to Caesar. I'd like to basically, I'm a Roman citizen. I demand to go speak to be represented in Rome. I want to be sent back to, I want to take advantage. He has that right to be seen and have justice or have a trial under the Roman government, I guess. So he then takes that. He's then uh, released, sort of. He's sent in a ship. I forget where they sailed to. Um, but it was through that stuff that in his knowledge of Judaism and his background that he was able to then write letters addressing the Jewish leaders. So in Galatians, which I'll mention a million times, he's, he's writing to the, the most, some of the most well-educated Jewish people at the time. They were the, not maybe not the most well-educated, but very well-educated who were trying to force the Mosaic law on Christians. And so, and when you study it, it's fascinating because his language, there's certain lines he throws in that sound like, they mean nothing to me, but you know that at the time, the people reading it knew exactly what he was talking about. They knew the references he's making. They know exactly the point he's making. And they know what, he's, what he means. Um, um, he wrote to Corinthians twice at least. There's probably three. They, there's a rumor that there's a third one. I'm not sure if I believe that. Um, he wrote to Timothy. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He wrote to Timothy twice at least. Uh, he wrote to Philemon, very short one. Uh, the Ephesians, Colossians, to the Philippians, uh, maybe Hebrews, it's debated. Uh, Titus, too, I think. He wrote to Titus. I think that's it. Maybe. I might be missing one. Romans. Romans. Big one. What a beautiful story of a beautiful very man cool. who started off on one path and went the exact opposite. Um, Daniel, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, I genuinely think you are a beautiful soul. I think, in my opinion, a quality that you have that makes you very unique is your ability to be honest regardless of any other circumstances. And I think it makes you extremely trustworthy. And you're obviously brilliant. And I think that you, I wish we had more people like you in this world. Um, is there, before we sign off, is there anything 
that you want to let people know um, where to find you, where to read your stuff. Of course, I'll put your website um, and anything else in show notes. But is there anything you want to shout out? Well, by the way, thank you. I think you're very, very, I, I really admire. I, I think, uh, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but I do think you deserve more viewers. Whatever you have, it's not enough. Thanks, um, man. I've, uh, it's very professional. It sounds nice. And, and, you, and you have, you're a good host. Thank you. Um, and, I, and I think that um, questions, I was trying to figure out whether you prepared or not, how much you'd prepared. Because it seemed like, I'm like, I'm not saying you read anything, but um, I really appreciate it. I think you. I think you're a very, very intelligent, very knowledgeable person. You're fun to talk to. There's good chemistry. Um, sorry, but answering your question, uh, I'm telling you how to build the clock rather than what time it is. Uh, I write on my website mainly. Uh, that's DanielTabarian.com. Um, it's not that. It's it's basically. I bought my domain name and attached it to a blogspot, but I post there regularly. I've been doing a lot of verse by verse stuff lately. Um, I respond to questions, uh, apologetic stuff. Uh, I, I did one about uh, a verse saying that God created evil, which is a translation problem, or an atheist claim that uh, the Bible doesn't condemn rape, which it absolutely does. Um, stuff like that. So if you find that stuff interesting and you want to hear me write about heresies and rejected books of the Bible and explain passages, and it's free. I I will just give um, a quick review. I have been reading your website. It's not just some blog. I, I think it's it's quite in depth. It's all cited with scripture in line. It's it's very professional looking, um, and you. and it's a great read. I was reading the one about did God create evil right before we hopped on this call. So, I like that one a lot. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it. God bless. You.